when mm-hmm. when when your mom uh-huh. and, and me uh-huh. um when your uh-huh. when your mom your mom uh, and I and, and I'm there and, and, and your mom, mom goes, oh no, Mama's oh, saying it's like demonstrate her. the loop, y'all. Mama's saying it's demonstrate <laughs> the loop. Hello, boys. It's a Magic the Gathering podcast <laughs> where we do everything from deck text discussions and set dissections. I'm a mom, mm-hmm. but I'm also 80. We're old here. We're all in our 40s, so our here. moms must be 80. Hello. We're doing a discussion episode, and today's discussion episode is going to be about surprising commanders or commander-related things uh, in the sense of just the direction that the format is heading, the things that we know of the, um, what do you call the the commander committee? Is that what they're called? The, the rules EDH? committee. The rules committee, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the direction that they like the game to go. So stuff that has been released that either seems like completely worthless to an amazing degree or just seems kind of out of left field or stuff that just seems actually antithetical to what anybody thought was going to be happening in the last like year or two. Um, We're all going to be doing it going a a time or two with some cards. Let me do an introduction though for the boys that aren't (laughs) me. Me is Daniel. Hello, Josh. Oh, hi, Daniel. Uh, Say hi to Drew. Oh, hello, Drew. Howdy. I'm here. Yeah, very good. Um, <laughs> so cute. All three of us. Golly. Mm. Our mothers are pinching our cheeks right now. All three of our moms. All three swing, swing, of our 80-year-old moms with their swing, brittle, swing, bony swing. fingers. Swing, 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 swing. Don't know. I don't. Is that the sound? Anyway. Oh, so my mom was sharpening a knife. Things that surprise. I hope. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be talking about things that surprised us. Um, just in, in that kind of regard. And I think for this episode, I'm going to go first, at least with my first one, and I'm going to go mm-hmm. ahead and I'm going to start us off right. Give a little bit of a preamble to this one, because, um, this is a card that I like, and this is a card that somebody in our play group actually has, um, and their deck does do the thing I'm about to talk about in their deck. And... I imagine a lot of people's lists are similar and I just never see anybody complain about it. But what we know about commander as a format is that Armageddon effects are bad. People don't like them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People don't like those things. People complain about them. You listen to uh, a million trillion podcasts. You listen to a million trillion uh, gameplay videos. The general consensus is, Hey, Leave all the lands alone. You can blow up everything else. Just don't blow up our good boy lands. And then we have um, this commander that is in red and white, which is the most lands blowing up colors in the world. But not only the most lands blowing up colors, but also the most blowing up of everything, except for enchantments in red at the same time as that. So here's this one. It's Gerard, the Weatherlight Hero. He is two, a red and a white, a 3-3 legendary human soldier with first strike. Wow. They really yep. gave him first strike. 100%, <laughs> man. Got it. Any, Got it. Anyway, when, he, when Gerard Weatherlight Hero dies, you exile it and return to the battlefield all artifact and creature cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn. Now, I know... 
that that text may seem like, well, you could just run your commander uh, as a defensive tool. You could build an entire commander deck based around the fact that somebody in your pod plays a lot of board wipes and don't Mm -hmm. build around the commander. You've instead chosen this commander to build around somebody else's commander in your pod, as everyone does when they build commander decks. Nobody builds around the commander they pick. They build around someone else's deck. No, that's not what people do with this thing. People don't do this with Gerard. The thing that people like to do with Gerard's is cards like Jukal Hops and cards like Razia's Purification and just straight up Restore Balance and Obliterate and all of them. All of the good board wipes that destroy all of your creatures, all of your artifacts, and all of the lands. Except Gerard says, hey, nothing you idiots. Gerard's dead. He's bringing back all the creatures and all of your artifacts. Mm -hmm. And so here they are. They're here. This is it. The game is probably over. I got to do it. Probably on turn five. (laughs) And that's just the case. How come... Well, I mean, they toned him down by, he only has first strike, not double strike. That is true. Which, you know what? (laughs) I will say this. I'll say this, that at least they nerfed him kind of. Because he can't, he's more than likely not going to die in combat because he's got first strike. (laughs) So you're not going to be able to go off on someone else's turn. Because if they swing in, you're going to get him with that first strike. So you got to play around your own Gerard's first strike in order to get that ability off to um, to kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he fends him now, off with the first strike so that you can uh, do the exact thing and blow up everything and get your stuff back. It's, now, it's are you design. asking how come like it got made? Or no, how come we're oh, like chill with it? I, I, I know why Gerard exists. Gerard mm-hmm. is a very popular character in Magic. He... I'm not a lore boy, so this is a shot in the dark. He flew the weather light And I'm assuming at some point everyone was going to die and he made a sacrifice. And that was a story bit. And then he's alive and the weather light is still alive. That's the artifact part. And all of the people coming back is the, is the people part of, of that. Is that correct? I'm assuming that's his story. We're going to go with that's correct. And if anyone thinks that you're wrong, Daniel, they can get in the damn comments and boost the engagement. Is what they can do. Is, they can is tell what you they how can you're do. wrong. They can tell me how I'm wrong. That's very good. I I guess my thing is, is that Gerard doesn't, I'm pretty sure there's already one Gerard card that exists. Does there mm-hmm. not? I thought. Yeah, there's a, there's a mono white Gerard. There's a mono white Gerard from a long, long time ago. Oh yeah, there's there. Gerard Capuchin, uh, three white white for a three for a three four human soldier at the beginning of your upkeep, gain a life for each card in target opponent's hand, and then an activated ability for three and a white tap target creature. Activate this ability only if Gerard Capuchin is attacking. He ain't even got first strike. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the red nope. gave him. The yeah, red no. gave him ah, first strike. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> Thank oh goodness. man, oh me, oh my. Mm. Yeah, somebody had to get it. Um, so <laughs> I guess I guess my my question is what did what did they expect people to build? What did they expect people to build with Gerard like when they made it? Because this is Gerard is pretty recent. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. bit of text on it says, hey, listen, 
Well, except the first strike, that part not so much. <laughs> but, but the hey, when this dies, there there have been a couple of commanders and in these colors that have said things like, uh, like uh, you know, this one adds green. But Atla Palani is a board wipe commander in a sense, where whenever mm. your eggs die, you know, you get something off of the top of your deck essentially at random. You oath of druids a thing off the top whenever an egg dies. But there's still a lot more setup. Like, you have to play her, keep her around for at least a turn or two to get a lot of the value, and then you can sack your board and get a bunch of things. Uh, they did a similar thing recently with uh, 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 Hoffrey, I think. Hoffrey is the... He's a weird fella. I believe he's from Strixhaven? Yeah. It's um, it's essentially whenever a creature you control dies, or a non-token creature you control dies, I have to look kind of low on here it is not uh, whenever another non-token. non-token creature you control dies exile it if you do create a token that's a copy of that creature except it's a spirit in addition to its other types and it has when this creature leaves the battlefield return the exiled card to your graveyard so it makes all of your things into spirits on a big board wipe i think the issue with gerard that isn't an issue because i've never seen anyone complain about it even mm-hmm. though i know is that, especially in Boros, you're not ramping out lands. All of your ramp is coming from artifacts anyway. Mm-hmm. You're right. going to be playing like, uh, you know, your soul rings, your fire diamonds, your planes diamonds. <laughs> I don't know what the white one's called. Mm-hmm. Um, the big white, big white, pretty gem. And, you know, you, so marble you're going to have... Marble diamond, that's the one. I knew. <laughs> um, and so you're going to be playing all the mana rocks. Okay, so there's no reason not... What is the reason, aside from guys know that you don't just jam and and ride out to death, obliterates Jokel Hops's restore balance and any of the ones that just destroy things? I think you just what? know. Like, I... One, yeah. Um, I think I think like here's the thing, right? Like, uh, Gerard and like any like board wipe tribal commanders, there is there's a fine balance in designing those because they are they're a space that actually that people do like to play in. Uh, Daniel, you specifically do love you a juggle hops with <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I like, do like a juggle hops with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It is a segment of the player base that um that does need to be catered to if the designers at wizards are trying to make cards for eventually everybody, you know, not, and not every card is for everyone, but eventually there is a card for everyone. And so they need to cater to that player. Um, there does need to be a, you know, there do need to be board resets. And I would actually say that Gerard is less of like a salty or kind of griefer card because you get something back. Like you get the thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's, okay. it's way better than like if Gerard yeah. had just had Joker hops on him because this is, this is always the conversation when people talk about Armageddon or land or land wipes and stuff. And it's like, no one really cares if you wipe their lands. If you win people, the issue people mm. have is that the cards that exist kind of mostly just let you wipe the lands and that's it. And so like, it's hard to, 
it's hard to as a player who wants to do that or like if your pod is just you know absolutely disgusting with land ramp all over the place do something you need to do in order to have like a you know have your deck stand a chance there aren't a lot of things that actually enable you to do that proactively you can kind of just do it and that's it so if anything i would say gerard is actually a better fit because he lets you play with that strategy without it griefing the table as much because at least like oh i'm gonna do this and either you can see that my because like a lot of the decks i've seen with gerard are actually like combo and it's win on the spot it's not even like okay. joker hops for value and then i get back to my turn to do something a lot of it's like gerard and some artifacts that can bring him back before his ability actually puts him in the command zone and you infinite loop it so like a lot of the decks i actually see with gerard are using that ability to one combo win on the spot but even if they don't it at least is a board wipe payoff that actually gotcha. sets you back so up. So it's it's a That's writing on fair. the wall. It's hmm. a, it's a deck archetype that I've been thinking of recently because hmm. I my mono red planeswalker decks is the same deck. Hmm. It I it's a writing on the wall deck, which is just if a Jukal hops happens and yep. Gerard is there, hmm. you're out everything. Even if they only have like four creatures that come back that are not even that good. Yeah, it's just like. It's so disheartening that you very well could have come back and won, mm-hmm. but it puts you in a place to make you believe, like, is it even worth it? And and it's very much one of those kind of commanders. So do you, okay, so we think that Gerard is good because... He just gets it done. I, like he actually gets the it game gets it done. done. That's the thing. Yeah. Like so, in, okay. in our play group, just to you know, give the listeners a bit of an insight into kind of our group. Like a lot of a lot of the amount of board wipes our play group runs in like a general sense. I take some pride in the fact that you have to, otherwise my efficient timminess will overrun the board in every single game, even if my deck doesn't want to do that. And we have players in our pod who don't like to run as creature heavy. So they, as a response to me, because if they have no answers to my creatures and they don't want to run creatures, I will just kill them. So they have to run board wipes. And so our pod in an average deck, I would actually say has like a higher than average amount of board wipes. That's also, I think, affected by, other people who aren't me specifically do just enjoy board wipes in our, pod, I do like really like a board. People wipe. just <clears throat> like them. And so like, it's a thing where I, for a lot of the strategies I like, I like to build around and I like to play around. Um, I need the things I play to stay on the table. And like, I would a thousand, like if I, and you know, you kind of do that sizing up. What do I, like in our case, I just know what the decks do because I've played against them before. Yeah. yeah but yeah. like, mm-hmm. if I like at like a commander night or whatever, you're trying to size up the decks. What do you think they're going to do? So you can tr- start trying to plan your sequences and stuff like that. And Gerard, I can just know that deck is going to try to board wipe. I know to try to keep up some stuff so that I can still deploy. And I'm not completely just done in by one board wipe, but like, er- like, I all like I would much rather that I much prefer seeing that than the fact that I'll just play against like in in our playgroup specifically just so I don't have to grief a rando guy I made up on the internet like <laughs> I'll have to just play through eighteen board wipes against a random deck that's also being hurt by all the board wipes and they'll just keep playing them and so like for me I would rather your board wipes in your deck 
also be helping you win, not just helping reset the table. I get that board wipes, you know, in general deck construction need to be there for that reason. I run them for that reason. But I much prefer a commander or a deck like Gerard Capuchin that's not only resetting everyone else so they have time to catch up, but then also like kind of bounding above them. I would prefer more stuff like this that rewards you for doing it. Okay. Well, me personally, I don't mind board wipes. I don't mind them for no reason. I don't mind what they blow up. I I like big things happen. Everything die as big things happen. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily matter what that is. Big things die good and and enjoyable. But but I I do (laughs) think that it is not necessarily a, a popular a popular take. Do you think that do you think that this is a little too... Because I, I was looking at the EDH reg, and like this mm. playstyle is very surprising, but there are only 283 decks of this yeah, that are that registered. Like very many. I know. Huh. Do So do we think that that is because of the playstyle that's built in? Or do you think that it's just not actually efficient? It, do you think that it has such low numbers because it, there's really only the one way to play it because any other way is wrong on purpose or because like (laughs) these people have played it that one way and said, Oh, you know what? No, this is a bad deck. I'm gonna move on to something else. Like, what do you, what do you think it is? I, I actually, I think I I have probably what might be the correct answer, but I actually want to hear why Hmm. Josh thinks that is first. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, I know for me, when I look at a card like this, like, I see the first strike and I'm just tempted to move on. First strike is just lame. It only <laughs> it's just a trade if the if the numbers line up right, well, but they so well, rarely see, that's do. That's another Come thing, on. is that it's built in hate towards the commander, so you wanna kill him. And then it turns out that that yeah. helps you when you do that. And so yeah, it's all yeah. it's all there for I don't a want some first strike linchpin. Ugh. That's my reason why I'm not running him. <laughs> Fair. Um so the the main reason, like Gerard Capuchin, is um, this commander is neat, and I like that it's here, but it's not doing anything crazy, and I think that's kind of the problem with all of the all of the commanders that were in that precon, um, not in that precon like year, but in like the the Jeskai flashback deck. Like you would crack that deck, and you're doing that just to get Dockside Extortionist, and you're probably throwing the other 99 <laughs> cards into the trash. So mm-hmm. like. Mm. um i think i think that's part of it i think most of those that got purchased like if you go to a store and you can get those for msrp quote unquote um one you're probably not going to see the deck it comes in and if you were there to buy it you probably cracked it for dockside and you put the other things into your bulk so there are those two things i don't so you think that gerard got overshadowed by just the nonsense like it's, big money cards that were I, in that set of pre-con. It's not even that. I think that's just a logistics thing. Like it's new players who might've bought the deck, cracked it open and eventually changed the deck to build around Gerard. I think they aren't getting to because that deck's just not there on the shelf and it's an out of sight, out of mind thing. People just aren't thinking about it. Gotcha. And new players are not thinking about Gerard, the character because Gerard's not around. Old players are probably not thinking about Gerard that much because Gerard already got to do his cool stuff. So he's not like a nostalgic character there that they like want more from because Gerard had a lot of visibility in the older sets. And so those are just kind of like the lingering reasons. I don't think any of those is kind of the one. I think the main reason you don't see it get played is because basically 
this combo line is if anyone wants to play this combo line, they do not care about Gerard Capuchin. Like Gerard has to have so many things go right to pull off this same combo, which is basically done better by any version of a Brea deck. That's just a pile of random cards. So if you want to do this actual like play pattern, you are better served in another deck that is both more resilient, has more options, and has more lines. Gerard lets you do this one thing pretty okay, when you can do this one same thing great in Brea, and you can do other stuff. Because like the play pattern is similar to uh, to Brea Bomberman, which is a really cool competitive deck. Is it? And just if you, it, yeah, it's uh, like of the of the C, like if you're into competitive decks and what they do, I don't, I don't but like really hmm. see any similar. Like I get that you can sacrifice artifacts to pop, but there's what's the big what's the big board wipe element of the Brea deck and the big recursion element of the it's, Brea it's deck? Just, like, that's just a matter of scale. Like, because it's, you can say like, oh, I want to destroy everything, but what you want to do is trigger Gerard because you don't win by destroying everything. You gain more advantage by doing that. But you are cycling things in and out of your graveyard with artifacts, which is what Gerard does. Brea does that better, easier, more reliable. Oh, I never would think about the artifacts i think about creatures. well the thing is <laughs> well the thing is daniel you also wouldn't build gerard because you haven't so well, that's the thing well you have other that's what i'm saying like that's one that can just like how does carl i need to see carlton's list because he has it i want to know if his is right. more artifact Car- oh, oh no carlton built his um because i so carlton is a friend of ours that has the gerard caption deck i brought that deck to his attention after seeing a deck tech on it that was a budget combo list that was board wipe tribal. And that one was specifically Carlton likes board wipes. I knew of a deck that was cheap and efficient and was board wipe tribal and presented it to him. Carlton didn't see Gerard and get excited to build and brew this board wipe deck. I was basically like, here it is. You like playing board wipes because I play a lot of creatures. Here's a deck that lets you just play some board wipes for a bit and actually get advantage from that. But like, oh, as far as okay. average players, like the average player base, those are the more kind of widely applicable reasons. It's just, you're not thinking about Gerard. You're not thinking about the deck he came in. You're not drafting Commander 2019, so you can't randomly have him. And if you wanted to build, if you were like, I wonder if I could build Board White Tribal in a complete vacuum, there are other better commanders that do stuff that's very similar. I don't know. I don't know how many get you the thing. Uh, Garn of the Blood Flame, actually. Garn of the Blood Flame, if you want to do creatures, is a more fun board wipe for creatures commander. I've seen that deck pop the hell off. It is extremely good. Uh, Garn of the Blood Flame, for anyone who doesn't know, is a, a Dominaria Uncommon. I'm not even looking it up. I don't even have this deck, and I know what it does. Uh, for three, a black and a red with flash. Whenever Garn of the Blood Flame... I will have to look it up. Dang it. Um, whenever Garn of the Blood Flame dies... Enters the battlefield. Enters the battlefield. Return to your hand all creature cards from your graveyard that are put there from anywhere this turn. Other creatures you control have haste. And they have flash. So that deck is a sack your whole board, typically a grave pact effect, or just something that enters the battlefield and kills all creatures. Play Garna, get them all back, redeploy them. It is a, if you're looking for creatures, it is another similar deck that I have actually seen play, but Garna has the ability of, Garna has more visibility because they were in a draft set. They were in a very popular draft set because a lot of people bought Dominaria and it's just like, it's in red and black. So it has black instead of white, which is a better color in Commander. Yeah, but Garna's just an uncommon. I think, I think so I'd go with Gerard. Card. 
But yeah. you haven't though. That's the thing. Well, I haven't gone with Gar. I'm saying out of the two, like Gerard wipes the boards better. I like I like Gerard, his Gerard doesn't wipe the board at all. Well, neither does Garna. But I'm saying <laughs> I would much rather have my stuff just come back now than have to recast them. And, yeah. And plus, I'd probably want to get back like mesmeric orbs or something. Well, then, and um, again, though, like that's the hmm. thing. Like it's the, the thing for me is to make it like widely applicable unless you just specifically like the literal text of only Gerard, which is a individual thing I can't account for. But for like broad player base, if you want to have your things come back into the battlefield, there are a billion other commanders that do this better that you're also more likely to have seen and be aware of. I guess. I uh, I guess. I mean, yeah, with the ones that people have seen, sure. I'd, yeah. I'd agree with the, with that statement. But I, I do think Gerard does it very I'm well. I'm not saying Gerard doesn't do it well. It's just, again, like, like if you want a if you want to cycle things in and out of your graveyard, are you going to tell me Gerard does that better than any other deck? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I, I'll, I'll yep. say it better than some other decks. I'm not saying he's the best, but I'm saying that, that he's... He's good. And, that, and that, that's where I come from with it, because it's like, if you want to do that strategy, you don't start looking at what decks do it okay, and then you look from there. And this is like people who are looking online at the very start of Bruin. And that's the biggest thing, because like I've played reanimator decks, and it's like, I will probably just had to have gone through you know, 10 plus other commanders before I was going to even see Gerard. And that's, and that's just, I think, that... I think is also just part of the issue with these legendaries that are in pre-cons. Just not a lot of them get visibility. Like Grismold is a deck that I run that is incredibly strong, but Grismold is a legendary that's inside of Morph Tribal that I just don't think people are. Oh, and the Morph Tribal are... Commander was incredibly uh, popular. Yeah, and I and it's just it's from the same oh, yeah. it's from that same set. And that's the thing is like I just think that it's one those cards unless they do something truly wild or like for me I just saw Grismold and got really excited about it specifically. I kind of timmied out for it. Unless that happens for you, it's just not a card that you're going to, you know, run up on randomly. Well, who was, who was the face card of this uh, commander deck? Uh, it's, the, it's the morph one, because um, Carlton also has that commander. No, of the, um, of the Gerard one. Was oh, he the, the Gerard he one? He wasn't the um, face, was he? He was not he the was. face. Um, it is a, uh, he, he was a Jeskai. It was Jeskai um, oh, flashback. Jeskai. Was oh commander. yeah, I think it was the Jeskai flashback. Yeah, it was the Jeskai flashback. Oh, and I the thing is, the sense. other commander in there was Elsha of the Infinite Gyre. Uh Elsha of the Infinite, who lets you play non-creature spells off the top of your deck at flash speed. Oh, that is a better board wipe commander. <laughs> 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 if you want to go full board wipe, they, they give you the one where you don't even need to bring any of your stuff back. So it's like, if you want to build board wipes with a win con, Gerard, if you want to build just, I'm a board wipe all the time, here you go. <laughs> this is what's happening. All right, let's move on. Let's go on to the next one. Uh, we'll go with, we'll do Josh. Josh, what, what's your big surprise? What, what's got you all like, now how come? Now how come? Oh, I got one. Okay, great. Okay. I was muted for a second. I was muted for a second, so I um because uh, a train was coming in. So then, uh, oh, is there a train? Speaking, yeah, it's good timing. Um, but no, I got one. It's a it's a quiet train. It's a quiet <laughs> one. I put the sign out. Um, oh, good. The one that I have. This is from Modern Horizons Two, so it's a it's a recent one, but it is one that continuously makes me confused, specifically because of seeing this in the colors it's in. Uh, but mine is Karth the Lion. Uh, for 
Ooh, for two, okay. a black and a green. This is Golgari. You get a legendary human warrior, 3-5. Uh, and he has two abilities. First one is whenever Karth the Lion enters the battlefield or a planeswalker you control dies, which I don't think I've ever seen that wording of planeswalkers dying. I don't know for sure if that's the first time that's mm-hmm. been put that way, but I don't recall. But in whenever that happens, you look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal a Planeswalker card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. His second dealio is Planeswalker's loyalty abilities you activate cost an additional plus one loyalty to activate, which is an ability that makes sense, but it's really weird seeing it written that way. They have mm-hmm. an additional cost. It's just the cost is the the boon goodness of extra loyalty. So it's like the fact that he triggers when he enters and when a planeswalker you control dies, that that makes sense for why it's black. I get that. And then and then green. Uh, I mean, the black green commonly does things dying, although this isn't creature based. Um, but it's just this being such clearly a a uh, planeswalker super friends uh commander seeing that in golgari was really surprising to me like if this was if this was in selesnia if this was white green that makes all the sense in the world i mean you've got like the ajanis that that put extra loyalty counters on your other planeswalkers and stuff like that this this concept feels so selesnia but then they shifted it to the planeswalkers dying and it's in Golgari, and I just, I didn't, I would not have ever expected to see specifically a Planeswalker Super Friends Golgari commander. What do you think? Okay, I, I really like this one. I like this one, and I've been thinking about this uh, recently, and mm-hmm. I think that this is a push. Um, Wizards wants all of the color combinations, or at least I think wizards is starting Mm -hmm. to try to make all of the two color combinations get some kind of commander that is specifically focused on planeswalkers. They did this recently in, um, um, it was in Strixhaven. I think it was the one that is on one half. It is Luca. And then on the other half, it's that white wolf of Lucas that, Hmm. um, uh, 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 what's what's that um, other the other half called? Dang it, I'm struggling. What's it called? It's Luca it? and Luca Lunch. Wolf. Luca Wolf. Uh, what uh, is his name? Uh, what's it, what is the name of this card? It's bother. Oh, here it is. It's a uh, Mila, the crafty companion. It's a one and two white legendary fox. Uh, whenever an opponent attacks one or more planeswalkers you control, put a loyalty counter on each planeswalker you control. And whenever a permanent you control mm. becomes the target of a spell or an ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. And then the other half is Luca, a six-drop uh, red planeswalker. And so this was the Boros what? commander that they okay. printed that said, okay, this color combination... We want the players in Boros to have a Planeswalker commander, one that is specific to making your Planeswalkers do good. Now, I do find it weird that in the same set that they had Cart the Lion, they mm-hmm. did a literal Planeswalker in Golgari that can't just yeah. be your commander. That was a right. little weird. Because normally they would, I feel well, like they would well, be well. like, hey, now Golgari can have a Planeswalker. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. they did it with Rakdos. They did it with... um uh, Valky and um, Tibble, mm. the the Flipwalker Tibble, 
And so if you wanted to have a Rakdos um, Planeswalker deck, well, now we got a Rakdos Planeswalker in the command zone. Jank it out but, there. Just jam it. Yeah. Boros, at least, at least with got Grist, you. the hunger time. And Golgard gets two of them. Yeah. yeah, at least with Grist. I mean, Grist is so specifically you're going to be wanting to go Insect Tribal. It's it's going off in the one direction, and then Karth is just going... <laughs> yeah, that is true. Just in Grist general. is just a Golgari Planeswalker. Yeah. Grist is obviously Insect Tribal and nothing else. Anyone building, send us your deck list if you have a non-Insect Tribal Grist list. I'd like to see it. I can't imagine one. <laughs> I'd like to see you try. I can't imagine it. <laughs> I, it says I insect like it... three times on the card. <laughs> now you're, what? You're, that's what I'm saying. You're not wrong. It's up to the fans to disprove us. I guess, <laughs> but it is still surprising. Like the thing of a planeswalker you control dying, letting you yeah. dig for more planeswalkers. That makes a lot of sense to me in Golgari. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess I am also pretty curious as to what is with the additional. Like what, I guess what's the flavor there? How come, because anytime a Planeswalker you, uh-huh. you have dying, you essentially will get another one. Yeah. That's pretty good in and of itself. Um, especially cause like you're in recursion colors of Karth, the lion dies, you can just grab it back with something else and you can keep getting mm-hmm. it. So like what I'm, I am curious as to why just the flat good, Hey, your minuses are not minuses probably anymore. Your minus one's now a zero. Your plus three is now plus four. You know, whatever, just yeah. do it. That yeah, is that's interesting. That's so that that was the main thing that's surprising to see in Golgari for me. Like I said, it being it being essentially you're getting hmm. extra counters. I could I could see something way. like Selesnia. So I'm looking at the I'm um, just like the quick wiki for Karth the Lion because I had obviously whenever he was getting revealed, I was seeing a lot of talk about his lore. Here's mm-hmm. here's my take on why it's a plus one. So um. Uh, the blurb is actually is actually pretty succinct, but um, Karth the Lion is an old, 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 old magic character who uh, was mm. part of an uprising against Gaedron Diada, who's also in Modern Horizons 2. Who uh, that's the planeswalker that got Dakin to uh, forge the black blade and then stole mm-hmm. his soul and all that. The kind Grixis, of stuff. the Grixis, one? the the Grixis one. Okay. So oh, there we go. Karth, however, was part of the uprising, so trying to uh, fight and kill an evil planeswalker and was unsuccessful, at least in that kind of first batch there. Karth mm. also is suspected to have been a latent planeswalker who has basically an unignited spark. But the flavor that I actually like, so loyalty abilities on planeswalkers represent uh, mechanic-wise and kind of flavorfully your bond with that planeswalker and how ah, how likely okay. they are to, to dip out. Mm-hmm. And I think this is actually an inverse of that flavor where the Planeswalkers are not more loyal to Karth because they like, you know, love him or have a bond with him. I think it's Karth is just, uh, has been unsuccessful at getting Planeswalkers to go away. His whole thing is that he failed Mm -hmm. to kill one. So that in a way makes your Planeswalkers stick around to Karth more, which could be read as he's unable to get rid of them. So he is a planeswalker commander out of pure ineptitude. Yeah, like he he, he, <laughs> Which he just is, can't. That's pretty. Yeah. It's like, oh, good, one of them's dead, and it's like, <laughs> shit, 
Here's another one. Oh God, it's Liliana. Oh, she's here. Quick, minus one. Nothing. Jeez. Jeez. And so, and that's the thing is, like, when one does go away, he's on a hunt because he's still trying to like kill the one. And so, I like it's whenever they do die, you go, you kind of dig off the top there, and you might run into another one that you that he now has to deal with. So, Karth the Lion as like a commander deck is one where you, the player, and Karth are actually adversarial is the relationship that you have with Karth the Lion. That's cute. Where you are that's tormenting some, uh, him with these different planeswalkers. That's deep So it's flavor. sort of like, it's playing like Safi Eric's daughter or Hans Eriksson. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those uh, decks. Like a, a good Hans Eriksson deck kills mm-hmm. Hans just <laughs> with so much. True. Or you find a way to give it like indestructible for like a turn. So you just... <laughs> beat to hell it's just like here's dragon (laughs) (laughs) i like that god i can't Mm -hmm. wait for for more i like i like it when cards have that kind of flavor Mm -hmm. it's like you know squeeze squeeze a super fun deck for that kind of thing Mm -hmm. squeeze just like the whole gimmick is just kill them over and over and over get them back forever and ever and ever and as soon as we get that planeswalker that's in all of the curse art and is on like oh, the, yeah. the oh, one God, word, yeah. the Modern Horizons 2 card that deals five oh, damage yeah. to each planeswalker at your incept. Like, as soon mm-hmm. as we get him, I hope he works the same way. Like, I hope <laughs> it is just like the flavor of the card. Like, you get to do cool things, mm-hmm. but it's just the flavor in terms of the planeswalker sucks for it the whole time. <laughs> Because that's also, that's the thing. Like, it's Squee in the lore, Squee's immortality is. is uh, Squee has immortality so that I believe Volrath specifically got to torture him forever. Mm-hmm. That That's the whole thing mm-hmm. is Volrath didn't want him to just simply get tortured a little bit and then die. Then how, then how me have fun with it. So you need to never die ever, never. And I will torture you always and I will never stop. And so in a Squee deck that's built around sacking and bringing back Squee, you get to be that horrible monster and continue to do that <laughs> to delightful little old Squee. <laughs> I like it. I And I I do think that building a Golgari Planeswalkers deck is one of the better ones to build. Uh, it's, the, it's sort of like, <laughs> you know, I have my Esper Planeswalkers deck and it has a hard time mm-hmm. ending the game. Because a lot mm-hmm. of the blue planeswalkers don't care about doing that, and a fair amount of the white planeswalkers also don't care about doing that. So you rely yeah. on your black planeswalkers almost exclusively. Yeah, but the Golgari go, one is just like I'm yeah. gonna make a beast. I'm gonna deal some damage. You run Everyone the lose a bunch of life. You you run this. Yeah, you run all three tribal. of the Braskas. Yeah, they got yeah. All, the, all the various. You know, yeah, if one of your critters deals damage, uh, just the player loses. Just end it out. Just end it out. <laughs> and you get the tokens to do it. So yeah. I think that that's one of the, we just need a, a gruel. I feel like a gruel planeswalkers commander is what we need for actual, like, Oh, make real. Like, fight. let's just, let's just give planeswalkers <laughs> fight. They deal damage yeah. equal to their loyalty to a creature and they remove that many. That, yeah, you know not? what? That'd be pretty dope. All right. Pretty dope. I yeah. liked yours. I like Karth the Lion. That's a, Thank you. that's Thank an interesting you thing because that one is mostly just from design being bizarre so we'll move on mm. and then maybe we can do some honorable mentions or something after that Jeruska mm-hmm. do we can too what is what is your most surprising one for you like when you, you saw it you went like huh or it eh? or mm. there's so there's there there's a lot that I kind of could pick because there there's some truly wild bonkers kind of stuff um but the one I, I kind of want to be like it's 
this one is more so surprising from the community standpoint and i think i i hinted at it in some discussions previously but like but uh rograk son of roga zero mana from yep. from commander <laughs> legends yep. zero one first strike menace trample partner mono red mm. commander um according to and i want to kind of cite the source here um one two so um the the pretty popular competitive youtube channel uh, pl- uh playing with power um and also i think they were working with the mind sculptors who are a very good cedh like brewing channel if anyone is uh in the audience has not heard of them um did like a ranking they did a tier list of what they thought the most powerful commanders were um fairly recently like within the past year or so and three out of the four put rograk in their s tier and the one who didn't had rograk in the a tier so this is a uncommon zero drop zero one partner commander that is at the tippy tip tip top of the of like the actual powerful impact commanders and i just love so much that that adoption has been so fast and so like so like to the top of that tier that that's been kind of a surprise for me because it's also conveniently and has also made rograk uh get a lot of play but because they're an uncommon they're not that expensive so a lot of people i do love that casual tables are still able to play with it yeah but it's an uncommon and so that's the thing it's an Mm. uncommon zero drop zero one just with some abilities that without enabling are completely pointless because mm-hmm. zero mm-hmm. one with uh, zero one first strike is unimportant if you do not have anything else to do with it. So like Rograk doesn't do mo- really much of anything on its own beyond just be a creature with some keywords, and it's still able to pull ahead of so many other busted mm-hmm. powerful commanders. Yeah, in CEDH specifically. I mean, and it really it really wild. shows you just how strong putting first strike on a creature is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, especially if you make it red. Any mm-hmm. any red first striking creatures, I think, are the best at whatever their archetypes are. Um, anytime you can get them. You give me a forest with first strike on it. Mm. And that's, mm. like, it's the thing is, like, it's... <laughs> mm. Like, I don't even know how much, like, what, what much else there even is to say about it. It's just so good. I want to say, I feel like they're just, like... I am more excited. I think if I were to, I would have to actually like sit down and do the math on this, but I think like if I were to literally see how excited or how cool I think a commander design is, I think the uncommon legendaries are always, I think cooler. Like every set now we're getting Hmm. like since Dominaria, we've been getting legends at uncommon and I'm all, I feel like I'm always thinking that these uncommon ones are dope. I would, I would agree with you that you think that <laughs> that is that is true they're typically in they're typically in your list when we do like the the top three do mm. we think because it when this card was revealed everyone was excited about it do we think that this was the the case of like um you know how like standard gets solved in like essentially like a day whenever a new set comes out because everyone wants to use the new cards and there's so many people like millions and millions of people like Mm -hmm. you know wizards is like oh they'll never figure out the meta because you know we have a whole team that couldn't figure it out and then like when you Mm -hmm. release it to millions upon millions do you think that the popularity of rograk when it was spoiled 
it got so much play when it first came out that it was just inevitable that mm-hmm. people were going to make this a top tier card. People were going to do it. They were going to do everything in their power to make a zero drop. Just the, they were going to just take it to the grindstone, figure out what is the way to do it. What's the most potent way, the most uh, 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 like resilient way. It has to happen. So we must make it. So, so it's a strong card by sheer force of passion. <laughs> yeah, well, because like in <laughs> almost all of the videos I watched of people doing, like when Commander Legends came out, of just like, hey, top tens. Like even I think in ours, Rokrak was in one of our top threes, <laughs> or or, mm-hmm. or we just didn't have it in our top threes because we all said it would be Rokrak. It was a time. given. Yeah, it was a given. Like everyone yeah. was pumped. Is this mm-hmm. just like the community? loves rogue rag and they had to make it work and the partner just gave it that extra that extra oomph to really let it get competitive so i um i can't speak for the cedh community or anything like that but from what i have read and what i see there are every player has pet cards and it's it's it'd be ridiculous to say uh, that any like group of players is immune to having pet cards, but a card being pet is actually like in um, when uh, I, I found this recently uh, when kind of looking into CEDH decks to kind of see what's like viable in the CEDH community. Whenever a new commander is getting brewed, one of the actual like hallmark rules is that if there is a strictly better commander in your colors for in terms of a more reliable and more efficient win you just pick it and to the extent that a lot of those like forum moderators will just literally delete your suggestions if there is a known better commander okay so it's not a thing where you can kind like there are still meme decks in cedh where it's like well i can run this thrasios timna pile and i'm just gonna put the nephilim as the commander as an actual like as a meme Hmm. but the thing is people rank rograk not as a meme commander as a legitimate most powerful deck so it's a thing where it's like maybe the reason people started thinking about it might have just been because like oh hey look at our cute little zero drop boy but rograk got there because the deck is just fucking strong like Mm. rograk got there because the deck is good and i mean like now being on the other side of it seeing that rograk ranks so highly it's a zero drop commander in the command zone that's as efficient as possible and just getting access to red is not bad so like it makes sense in the terms of like it's uh, CEDH is looking for as low to the ground CMC as they can get efficient things. It's just, it just warms the heart that a zero drop it really does requires yeah. enablement to yeah. do anything. It's a little engine that proves that it can. And I just love it's It's such a, you know, it's the, it's the team <laughs> everyone wanted to win the finals was rogue rack and we yeah. got to see it. And that's just beautiful. I, I had a feeling that, like rogue rack was going and it was it wasn't like i never thought it was going to be like cedh or anything like that Mm -hmm. um uh and just real curious because you've you've looked at it more than me who who's the typical partner with rogue rack like who's the one they normally partner it up with i'm i yeah it's that's the thing is i mean 
like really honestly take your pick. It just comes up to what type of deck you want Rograk to go into. But Rograk Thought Thrasios is very popular. Rograk Timna as I think maybe the most popular, just because I think hmm. the people playing Thrasios are playing a different style of deck usually. But I do think it is Rograk Timna. Uh, but again, I'm gonna say that and be very confident. And if I'm wrong, you can get in the damn comments. Get about in the it. damn Tell comments me. about it. You can I'm quote retweet I'm gonna this agree episode. with you. I'm gonna agree with you too because the idea of a Mardu deck being the most popular deck in any format makes me very, very happy and excited. <laughs> and, yeah. and I will, I don't care how bad and unfun the games are. You sit across <laughs> from me with a Mardu deck that has Rograk in it. And I'll spit my teeth out everywhere and I'll be smiling with my big gummy mouth. Like, I don't like, I don't care anymore. I, it really oh, yeah. is it's Mardu farm. It is. Oh, um, there, there, there are some Rograk Silas, uh, Silas Wren. Um, yeah, there is a uh, Rograk and Timna for a farm deck. Yep. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Huh. So great. So are I guess my thing is like, I am surprised at that. I am surprised mm-hmm. at that, but you know, people have like <laughs> to, to give you some perspective, like there's not a lot of just decks that are based around, partners that are one partner that show up on EDA Trek, but there are 11 just Rograk decks. They exist. Yeah. There's 11 of them mm. and it's running all the cold balls that you can. <laughs> and it's adorable. <laughs> and um, not very expensive. Um, well, actually, it is very expensive because a lot of the old cold balls are like 10 bucks. Um, oh, yeah. Either yeah. way, though. Flipping old. I, I do like it. Um I think another reason why it's so surprising is that like when I hear of CDH and even when I hear of regular commander, like I know that the tide has been changing in the favor, but a lot of people were always, were talking about like, Hey, commander damage, not necessarily viable. It's like most games don't Hmm. end in commander damage. And so that was the mindset for a while. And then you drop Rograk and they're like, well, if somebody's going to get it done, Mm-hmm. it's gonna be this guy <laughs> there's so many good swords there they've made equipment so many equipment that just slap right onto them and ways to cheat them on and then i think there mm-hmm. was even um mm-hmm. what arden or whatever in yep. commander oh, legends yeah. as well that's just like hey you got a bunch of equipment put them on real crack for free arden arden Rograk <laughs> is also oh, one of the tier decks i literally drafted that i literally drafted it, it was really fun it, it was really fun and that's like you can't be mad Mm-hmm. I don't know how you can be upset. That, and that's the thing. Like it, it's just, it's, it's a surprise in like a positive way that it wanted to just didn't get like, it's not a deck that's so competitive that casual players don't play with it. Casual players love Rograk. Uh, and it's no, also a deck that it's, it's able to go to the top. Like it, it's just, everyone's happy to see a Rograk show. You up. will it have the timmiest of Timmies who will build Arden Rograk and they might accidentally build it CEDH viable mm-hmm. because it's just like, I want to put so much stuff on this dumb little guy. I want to mm-hmm. put so much dumb stuff on this little guy. And then the no. spikes are just like, <laughs> I'm going to put some, I'm going to put so much stuff on this dumb little guy. Dumb little guy. <laughs> this dumb little guy is going to get so much stuff. And then the Johnny is just like, I'm going to make sure that I put uh, that one. I'm going to make sure that I get the best stuff and I'm going to put out a clock of omens so I can make sure to uh, like tap all of my equipment so that I can untap my mana rocks and come <laughs> off with something, yeah. but it still works. 
They still work on them if they're tapped. It's something for And the for most everybody. beautiful part, the most beautiful part is that Arden is also uncommon. That's what I'm saying. Which is, which mm. is good. I will, mm. I'll give it to Commander Legends. Commander Legends has some very good uncommon commanders. I got Halar. Mm. Halar was Dominaria. Slimefoot, Dominaria. Two great ones. Uh, Teshar, I think, is mono white. Competitive viable is an uncommon. Am I wrong? I might be wrong. Yeah, you're it. wrong on Teshar. Okay. <laughs> Teshar no, I, I, like, I said it. I'm like, ah, that one doesn't feel right, Drew. Yeah. I didn't want to take that one back to the <laughs> But you know what? Actually, Drew, now that you say it, though, I'm going to go ahead and say Teshar is an uncommon. And if anybody has anything to say about it, they can edit <laughs> us, tweet us, retweet us, and do all those things. They can um, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to P.O. Box Twitter and hit us up. And then I guess we'll go on to any kind of honorable mention, just like itty-bitty kind of things that we want to talk about stuff that we were just kind of happy or also surprised to see, you know, we we got a little bit of time. I do want to give a point out to another, and I'm very proud of wizards for the design on this one. Cause this one surprised me with just how, how just purely enjoyable the directions you could, cause it's kind of got like a Golos vibe with its openness, but it is in no way a Golos vibe because it is Boros. And that is Osgear, the Reconstructor. It was in one of the most recent pre-cons, and it's just a four drop, uh, two in Boros. And for a four, four giant artificer, Vigilance, uh, pay one, sacrifice an artifact, target creature you control gets plus two, plus zero oh until end of turn. And you can pay X, tap it, exile an artifact card, or convert a mana cost X or less from your graveyard, create two tokens that are copies of that exiled card, activate only as a sorcery. We uh, our, our friend the other day played this guy, and they did it just as, like, things to sacrifice to kind of buff Osgear. Yep. Which Weird. was never the direction I would have taken this. No. I, would have, I would have been like, I'm going to get Ankh of Mishra's or Mesmeric Orbs or Pixis of Pandemonium's, and I'm going to slather the board with those stupid things. But that's not even Aww. all of the directions. You can just take equipment and be like, I want to have a million swords of feast and famine. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a anointed procession, get four of them from my graveyard and attach them all to Osgear or to something else. There's so many cool things you can do with it because it doesn't it's so open, but it's still only artifacts and it is still Boros the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like I feel mm-hmm. like there's no mm-hmm. and I can be wrong because Arden Rograg is like a tier deck, but I feel yeah. like there's no yeah. way for this to be like super duper duper busted, but it's still cool in any possible way I could see you building it. Like, I don't yeah, see how you can... mega cool potential for sure. Well, and it's it's only been out for a little while and has 1,700 mm-hmm. decks already. 1,758. Woo! It is the second most played Boros Commander according to EDH Rec, and it's been um, out for yeah. so, so like not a very long amount of time because everybody has just kind of unanimously agreed. Just this is really cool design space. We're glad Mm -hmm. that this isn't specific to equipments. We don't necessarily even have to attack because it's Boros. We can just make a bunch of stupid artifacts and then just kind of take it from there. And it's so cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it surprised me because it is cool and open and Boros does not usually get to be both. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like I really like the open endedness. There is so much untapped, I think, mechanical space in Boros because I and I think it's actually because Boros has been just attack for so long. Like it's obviously in the Ravnica sets, people talk about this because that's part of like that guild's actual identity. But just like red, white in draft archetypes, I feel like have just been attacking for so long that boros has more design space that we have not seen than a lot of other color pairs and they just kind of have to do it so going on to strixhaven i think gave them a good opportunity to just go into a completely different direction and this thing is like you mentioned that ozier deck it can still get in and just swing on you real yeah, real like big. he he just just sacrificed a couple of garbage artifacts and just swung it. <laughs> but I think he was doing like 22 because he gave a double strike or something like that. Yeah, I was doing a Slayer mm. Stronghold to give it double strike and like plus two plus out. Okay. And um, that was and, really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And mm-hmm. that was the thing. Like it's, that's just, that's still viable, but like he was able to enable it in this really cool kind of, um, jank kind of way, kind of just like looking at it from a different angle. And it's just design space that I think is just open. I think my favorite thing about it is too, is that this Boros is not even Lorehold's jam. Like if you look at uh, like <laughs> Valamachus and, and Hoffrey Ghost Forge, mm-hmm. neither of those Lorehold commanders that are like the face commanders of the set mention artifacts at all. Nope. They, they mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. do. <laughs> They're just kind of, you know, Doing one of them stuff. is a board wipe commander and the other one is essentially Narset again. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Osgear, I think is just a home run, knock it out of the park. I worry that maybe it was such a good design that we're going to be pretty disappointed in the next couple of Boros commanders, but, but I'm okay with that being the case. They designed something that's so well that the next couple things are going to be lackluster, but we still get an amazing commander well, out of it. You know, and maybe I really we'll like get- it. Maybe we'll get an uncommon Osgear Jr. that does not quite as much, <laughs> but does it so much more efficiently that it blows Osgear out of the water. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know how often they put things in a main set that are as powerful as things they print in the Commander Precons, because that's not how they <laughs> well, sell the product. Um, well. Any any honorable mentions for you guys? Oh, I, I've like got stuff one. That really I've got one. And it's um I don't want to end on it because I'm gonna be real negative about it. Um, it's not even a commander, <laughs> but like I I worry that anyone would ever do any commander deck about it. Um, so from Modern Horizons two, Arcus Acolyte, which is for a green and a white, you get a two two human cleric archer, reach and life link. It has outlast for a uh, a green or a white. Oh. Outlast is you tap the dude and you put a plus one plus one counter on it, but you can only do it as a sorcery. And then addition, what this does, this is like a, this is a lord or, or a captain for um, Outlast creatures because each other creature you control without a plus one plus one counter on it has uh, Outlast for for a green or a white. This is this is give all your creatures Outlast. I oh I oh gosh I don't like Outlast. It is one of my least favorite things to see. If, if, <laughs> if you could, if you could do it at instant speed, if you could do it at instant speed, maybe. But only because yeah, you sorcery. still have to tap oh. the creature. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like, if it doesn't have haste, and it probably doesn't because this is generally green white. It, it, it doesn't have haste. You got to wait for it to come back around. 
to do it, and then you can only do it at sorcery speed, so you can't attack with it or do any other tap abilities, and you put a one plus one plus one counter on it, it's <laughs> insulting. It's insulting, and I don't want it in my house. Just think of how strong this is in Gave Guru of Spores decks. That deck's been needing a way to enable counters for so long, Josh, and now, finally... It has its one way to do that. Wait a Not minute. Not in my house. No, hold on, hold on. It only just now mm-hmm. registered to me that you can't outlast unless you already have a counter. No, it's it's uh, each other creature other you creatures. control without a plus one plus one counter has without. Outlast. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, thank God. So then, once you outlast, say, once, Jesus, that's terrible. <laughs> once you outlast them once, though, you're done. They, if they don't have it themselves, <laughs> so then, oh, oh. Well, this is would, this is a thing that we yeah. may talk about uh, in a later episode of the the archetypes that Wizards kind of designs products for. There's like four archetypes of players, and one of them is called the Explorers, and they're the ones who will typically mm-hmm. build around a really parasitic mechanic. Like mm-hmm. they're they're the ones who are going to be like, I want to build a food deck or a clue deck, or I want to build uh. cipher. Like, they're the ones who are going to try to explore that design space. So I like that Wizards is putting something out there for idiots, for stupid idiots who want to build, who want to finally just get in there and explore with an Outlast deck. It's like, if you, if you get out, if you get out Thousand Year Elixir so that you can, wait, does it not even let you do, no, that just lets them do, it doesn't even let you do it at instant speed. I'm not even right about that. There's no way to make it good. There's no way to the make closest it good. thing you can do is like if you equip, if you equip your creatures with like illusionist bracers or something like that. Uh, oh, you, you get can, one extra counter. And you know, good that's God. really hard to do in green white. It's hard to get two counters mm-hmm. on a creature mm-hmm. like <laughs> Cathar's crusade. <laughs> enabling and, colors that have had such a hard time historically getting one one counters on there you know <sighs> hamza decks are gonna love this gave decks are gonna be viable for the first time mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they now have a way to get because those graveyard recursion decks need all the help they, they need a way they, they just need a way to get the counters onto their creatures and just like gave in green white black there's so few ways for it to do that that it has to resort to this Thank two mana creature that this has an ability this card is in 96 decks, just so you know, Josh. Oh, People no, 96. have built draft decks and not taken them apart. I want that those 96 people. To that I want those 96 number. people to grow a little more self-respect. I want those 96 people to get in the comments and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Drew, you let got us know one what? last uh, honorable mention. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, how did up? you learn how to use a keyboard? Hey. <laughs> um my my honorable mention is gonna be uncommon legendaries i'm I'm going all in on it Mm. i'm just Just gonna in general just in general i'm gonna read off a list we have arami of the dead tide from commander legends banger oh yeah Pilar the fire fletcher i have this deck banger Mm. love it carter the doom scourge from kaldheim banger card i think this is actually Mm. a scary commander at a table if it's built like at all uh killian ink duelist from strixhaven saw tomer's budget deck on this this deck is dope as hell cole Mm. the forge master red white combo deck banger malcolm Mm. keen-eyed navigator Mm. a cedh partner that is regularly played banger Mm. narfi Mm. betrayer king from kaldheim 
combo snow zombie deck. Banger. Rograk. Enough has been said. Love it. Siona, mm. Captain of the Polias from Theros Beyond mm. Death. Selesnia, Enchantress combo deck. Very fun. Mm. Very easy mm. to build on a budget. Slimefoot. Banger deck absolute banger deck if you wanted to build gave but don't want to you don't want the deck to have already been built for you there's slime foot and slime foot's an incredibly fun aristocrats deck in green black sir the bold is a nice red burn deck that is again an uncommon legendary that has some build around potential sir conrad the grim just shows up in the 99 of like every other deck that you've ever seen <laughs> there's no way that sir conrad and ayumi from commander the, legends the weren't mistakes there's more no, accidentally with how much with how much text is on them and how much they do <laughs> like well and you know let i mean just for posterity's sake let's mm-hmm. look at which is the blue one is it sir eleanor oh, the lore mage no the sir lore eleanor the discerning mm-hmm. like how many i want you to just real quick look at sir conrad and look at how many of those things make damage happen just tell me how many of how many different ways uh, does he make a damage happen to each uh, opponent? Creature death one, creature card entering a yard from anywhere two, creature card leaving your graveyard three. Okay, so that is two ways that can combo off on your opponent's stuff dying or being milled. Yep. And then if you recur things, that's more, and that's damage to each opponent. Yep. Sir Eleanor the Discerning has power and toughness equal to the number of cards in your hand. ETB draw card and ward two. <laughs> Equal. Part of the same cycle, no less. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, also, any just sense. to get through the ones that I picked out, we also have Tatiova Benthic Druid. Everyone knows what Tatiova's doing. Uh, Tetsuka Umazawa, I think, is more so in the 99, <laughs> but is also, <laughs> I think, a very fun deck on its own. Uh, the least reverent medium, one of my personal favorites from Commander Legends. Uh, it's the one that on your instep you make a spirit for each creature you had for each token you made this turn. So it has like a delayed doubling of tokens effect on it. And then of course, what the card that I think really sets this off, if I had to pick like a like a an inciting incident for uncommon legendaries, is Yargle. Yargle Glutton of Oh Urborg, no, Dominaria is when they brought in <laughs> it's the when they brought this. You're and right. I think it's Yargle yeah. specifically. Like it's Yargle is there is there is a I think a real uh it's real serendipitous is the word I want to use, but there's like it's a perfect storm of things that come together on an uncommon legendary. Like Sir <laughs> Conrad is incredibly strong. I will not try to diminish that. I will go ahead and just cop to Sir Conrad is very good. But there is, I think there are so many hoops that designers have to go through on a card that is an uncommon. So it is it is not rare or wild enough or impactful enough of an effect on the card to make it a rare. But it still has the downside for draft and constructed play of being a legend, meaning you can have one of them on the field at the same time. That puts them into such a, like a combination of restrictions on what a card can be and still stay at this rarity but also still justify the legendary status that just like i if i were to again like for me as a player as far as the legends that i see from each set the amount of excitement i get to like play with a legendary card it is i think card for card or on a percentage basis 
I think Uncommons for me went out. There's just so much cool stuff they're doing at Uncommon. And none of these are like annoying or grief on the format. Like if someone sits hmm. down sits down with a Yargle deck, it's a whole table hell yeah. If someone sits across <laughs> with a Rograg deck, people are excited to it's see. It's a whole table hell yeah. It's a whole table hell yeah. yeah. And yeah. like I think it's just these things where like, these, these decks aren't weak. Rograx top of CEDH right now, but there's just mm-hmm. some kind of magic that you get on an uncommon legendary, maybe except for Tatiova. I don't know how many people are excited to see Tatiova, but like, <laughs> I, I just think these are great. That's the I, one I run. That's, yeah. the, that's the only uncommon I like it. I'm I just, run. again, I'm, ta- I'm trying to speak in generalities. Oh, I yeah, no, no, no. People don't like Tatiova. I don't people even like, like Tatiova. She does the thing I, I want the deck to do, <laughs> which is not even a deck I built. It's a deck that was gifted to me on my wedding day, and I just upgraded into a commander deck. It means very little to me. <laughs> yeah. And, whoa, uh, whoa, hold on. Wait. In case they wow. listen. It means a lot. Right. It was a great gift. I'm saying my personal stakes in it are a little different. I tried to keep it true to their vision as mm-hmm. a way to thank them for the gift and not just take all of their good cards and be like, okay, I'm just going to sell your cards and, and buy some stuff. <laughs> like, I, I kept yeah. their theme in mind just in case they happen to listen. And if I mean, they the don't listen, you know, get in the comments. Junk, and the people, if, the if, if you, aren't, if you listening, aren't listening to this, get in the comments. And that's like, and the people, the people that I know, at least that I see online who are running Tatiova do love Tatiova. I just don't like, I don't think that, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say onto the internet forever that I think Tatiova is a, is as popular for the whole table commander as Yargle is. Cause I don't think that's true, but no. like, I think in general, I think like these uncommon legends, if I see someone could tell me that they have turbo stacks. And as soon as I see the uncommon rarity on their Raf Capuchin, uh, commander, I go, you know what? I will sit down. I'll see where this goes. I'm just, I have so much ready to go. Goodwill for uncommon legends. And I have so much excitement to build around uncommon legends. I like it. I think, and mm-hmm. for the most part, mm-hmm. I do think that they're knocking it out of the park mm-hmm. with the Uncommon Legends. The only place that I feel they really struggle, there's been a couple of good ones, and it's, you know, it's basically what you were saying with Tatiova, because they essentially made a mythic version of her that's a giant snake. But then, like, we got in, and I, like, how far apart is this? The D&D Simic Legendary is pay two a green and a blue draw card. You may put a land from your hand on the battlefield. And then mm. Zimone or Zimini, Quandrix Prodigy yeah. from Strixhaven, yeah. the set before is pay one tap. You may put a land from your hand on the battlefield tap or pay four tap, draw a card. If you control eight or more lands, draw two cards instead. I think yeah. that Simic is struggling to <laughs> kind of get where the other uh-huh. colors are sort of getting yeah. to go. Now, Kaldheim got a yeah. really cool clone commander. Like Kaldheim, yes. they they brought something oh, yeah, kind of yeah. kind of cool. They were trying to prove a point, but I really feel like, you know, especially like if Boros is dunking on you, like Simix really needs to kind of get get going in there. I think. Yeah, 
I mean, like it's the it's the kind of thing where it's there are there are two issues. Uh, there are more than this, but like I, I see two issues with Simic currently, and that's Tim Simic is too good at the things that are the most relevant in Commander specifically, and also Simic commanders are becoming kind of a dime a dozen. Like it's with no, the that's what form. I was gonna say because yeah. because your situation <laughs> is they're releasing because you can take like Cannon is gonna play different than whatever the Orzov commanders. Yeah. from the last couple sets are that are uncommon. Yeah. But you you say, hey, you can play Tajova, you can play Zimene or Zimone, mm-hmm. or you can play <laughs> Gretchen Twitchwillow, or mm-hmm. you can play the Big Snake. All four of these do the same thing, which is the yep. Thrasios thing. Yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's, like, it's not like you have a bunch of really cool different options. It's you have only the good options but there's a best of the good options so it's just actively worst on purpose and Mm -hmm. that's kind of that's a harder thing to kind of just do to just be like i'm just gonna play zimony instead of tatiova because when i play a land i don't want to draw a card i instead want to draw two cards because i played eight lands there is uh (laughs) thrasios is dr pepper on the shelf and then Tatiova is Dr. K, and they continually <laughs> done the store brand Thrasios. And I, hey, you know what? As a player who does not have endless funds to dump into this dumb game that I love, uh, I appreciate there being some store brand options whenever I'm on a budget. But it's like, normally, I go to the store and I see Dr. Pepper and Dr. Thunder. I don't normally also see Dr. K and Sam's Choice and Pepper Man and I don't normally see 15 different Dr. Pepper knockoffs. Dr. Pig is other. the one at Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> Hell Dr. yeah. Pig. I would love a pig that did the same Dr. thing. Dr. Pig. Yeah, oh. quit giving me humans with this ability. Give me some wild... If, if I'm going to do the same thing, at least make the art more different. Let me see like some wild big snake more maybe. different. Oh, there's Ace. <laughs> so, so here's my question. When... <laughs> when <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> when do you guys think we'll start seeing some cool common commanders? I'm going to level with you. I hope never. Yeah, I think that's fair. If a, if a card if a card for draft purposes, like, I guess unless it's in like a pre-con deck, but even then I don't... Well, actually, Josh, I take that back. That's been done. Mm-hmm. That is the Prismatic Piper. The Prismatic Piper is a common legendary creature. Oh, no. Yep. And it's extra common. Oh yes, it's common plus. It was in the land slot in its set. Oh no! So I was about to go off on a whole thing, but now I don't have to go because it's been done. Yeah, they went off for you. (laughs) If you have built a deck with two prismatic pipers, (laughs) let us get in those comments and just vent because I know you need to. What's going on? And let us know what kind of tickled your fancy, what surprised you, or like maybe Mm -hmm. a card that came out that was just so, like Josh's one suggestion, that was so lackluster (laughs) that you're like, clearly this is for absolutely no one. (laughs) Let us know in the comments, as well as any of the things that we were being very aggressive to you about just a little (laughs) while ago, because it's only going to get worse from here in our next episode. But with all that being said, uh, Drew, what, what's the what's the thing we say after all that's been said? As we always say, um, I have now demonstrated the loop. I will move to the instep and concede. Have a good tonky. Sleep well. <laughs>